collecting information from astronauts is quite challenging uh, and you need to observe them. You need to um, to spend time in their environment. There are three planes in the world, one in the US, one in France and one in, in, uh, in, in Russia that can perform uh, parabolic flights and during 20 seconds you are in microgravity and you can test your equipment in microgravity in similar conditions as uh, the cosmonauts are using the, the equipment when they are in space. So. Welcome to another episode of Transmissions from Tomorrow, the show that gives you an inside route to the people driving the digital transformation of business and technology in the world of telecommunications. And I'm your host, Des Blanchfield. And today, I have the pleasure of having in the studio with me, Didier Chachon. Didier, how are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you very much. And you? I'm doing fantastic. Now, forgive me if I didn't quite pronounce your name right, but hopefully I did okay there. It's perfect, yeah. Ah, thank you very much. You're too kind. Now, um, you head up the Global User Experience uh, uh, Division of Ericsson's uh, Business Digital Area Service Group. Um, maybe could you just take two seconds to introduce yourself and I guess just quickly describe what it means to be the head of user experience or UX as we now call it. Mm, absolutely. I mean, that's actually I mean, pretty simple. I mean, my role and the role of my team is to advocate users and, and customers. Actually, I mean, my team is a multidisciplinary team with uh, not only interaction designers or visual designers or motion designers, but also front-end developers and prototypers, as well as, as, as of course, user researchers and, and, and data analysts. It's a growing team of 25-plus superheroes, and uh, our role is to design interactions between Ericsson and our customers, but also, I mean, our customers and their customers and users. I like that. 25 superheroes. It always gives me a, a positive chill when someone describes their team as superheroes because uh, quite often, you know, large organizations kind of lose their heart and soul and people become numbers. But I love that you've got that passion of calling your team superheroes. Now, I want to get to know a lot more about what it actually means to be you and your, your role as the head of uh, the global user experience uh, inside Ericsson's uh, business digital uh, services group. But before we do that, if you wouldn't mind, I would love to get to know you a little bit personally. Um, and, and our listeners love to know the detail of the you know, guest background and where they come from. Um, where did you originally grow up from and where were you originally from? Yes, actually, I mean, I'm, I'm from France, uh, from Paris. I moved to uh, to the east part of France, I mean, Strasbourg, to, to study architecture. It's the place where uh, I got a master degree in architecture, but also, of course, I mean, uh, I also focus on industrial design and space architecture, and it it, it led me to uh, to uh, to uh, the role in uh, at Aerospatial, which is a French aerospace company, which is called actually, I mean, today EADS. They are uh, designing and building airbuses. I mean, today, and and there, I mean, I started. Uh, to work as as an interior architect, as well as an industrial designer, designing equipments for astronauts, and not only designing but also I mean testing this equipment uh, with astronauts in in the real environment in 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 microgravity. And I think that's something that is very common through uh, my career is to uh, not only design but test with uh, with users. What we do as designers, uh, but also as architects, is that I mean we are running activities that are very much centered on humans. So it's interesting to uh, to meet their needs, to collect their feedback. Wow. So that's what 
That's an astounding That's what I eat. Uh, background. What well, what turned you on from your uh, what turned from from your architectural and, and design, I guess, focus originally when you started uh, your academic career path? Was there a moment where you sort of decided you wanted to move into the sort of more engineering and, and uh, I guess uh, technical aspect of, of design? What what sort of changed your focus there? You know, I mean, the world is super exciting. So, I mean, that was that was an opportunity. As yes, the next one was also a very exciting opportunity when I moved from from uh, from uh, EADS or Aerospatial to um, I mean to another position where I was designing for air traffic controllers. Uh, of course, I think this is also as challenging as designing for astronauts. I think there, uh, of course, you don't want these guys to 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 make mistakes. So what I had, uh, my goal and my role was to design the graphical user interface, the new ones for the air traffic controllers. Uh, and of course, I think you don't release any any new design before testing and testing and testing with them. So uh, you can't make any mistakes there. You can't crash any planes. So I think that was my move to uh, to larger screens. And then, I mean, a few years ago, what I've done is that I've moved from designing on large screens uh, to the tiny uh, screens of, of Ericsson mobile phones. That was my move uh, to, uh, to Ericsson. And, and, and I spent a couple of years at Ericsson in uh, various, various roles. Wow. Uh, starting at Ericsson Research and then moving and eventually, I mean, leading UX teams in different Ericsson business units. That's more or less, I mean, the path that I have taken until now. Tell us, uh, I'd love to get a little bit of insight around the experience you had going through. I mean, it's just, I mean, there's a whole book to be written about that career path, by the way. You should, should certainly start writing that, in my view, because I'd read it and buy it. Um, coming out of out of your university, doing your degree, uh, going into that sort of aspect in design, um, what was that journey like? I mean, did you, was it a, a steep learning curve or, what, or did you have a natural affinity for some of the challenges? What were the sort of the key steps you went through when you sort of got into, I guess, you know, when you started looking at work around the, the, the space? I mean, you, looking at that, you've got space shuttle, you've got uh, the Hermes space station, you've got air traffic control. Were there common elements around that? I mean, you know, when you think about that, you said, you know, you don't want airplanes to crash, you don't want space stations to crash, and certainly you don't want to run out of oxygen in a, in a, in a space station. Um, give us a little insight into that whole journey of how you went from one step to the next as far as that career goes, and what led you to come to Ericsson? Mm -hmm. oh, actually, I mean, there's a lot in common when it comes to architecture uh, and design. And, and, and of course, I think uh, what I've learned from, from, from university is that a good design is a design that is solving a problem. And to understand the problem, you, you need to observe, you need to, to understand, you need to interact with the ones that you will design the product for. So, I mean, for me, uh, it, it has been a, actually a small and easy leap as, uh, as far as I see between architecture and design and and that's what we've done and what I've done uh, I mean during I mean uh, the time I spent at the university I mean getting from from architecture to uh, to design back and forth so uh, because I mean uh, architecture and, and 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 design and UX design are sharing a lot indeed I mean they use similar user and customer centric design approaches they share the same methods as an architect you know or as a designer you go through a couple of iterations before starting building or implementing you don't start by building a, 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 a construction straight away I think you have mock-ups you have I mean there are different uh, steps there so I think that's that's uh, that's very important important so you start by sketching i mean very much and then you start and you get you you 
you get feedback and then after a couple of iterations uh, you go to the mockups or prototypes and again I mean you collect feedback before you start building your design or your architecture so uh, whether I mean your design is a theater a cathedral a house or a website uh, or an application, you need to know your audience, you need to know their needs, you need to know their expectations, their problems, you need also uh, to do some research, you need to do some testings. So uh, it's it's so key that, uh, I mean, to understand, I mean, how they will navigate through your buildings, but also, I mean, uh, the, the, your website or your applications. You have to understand the reasons why they are visiting you, why they are staying, and why they are looking for uh, what they are looking for. I think that's that's key there. So uh, it's clear that I mean, and that's what I'm saying. Where I can see the convergence there is that I mean, as as a designer or as an architect, you identify your target audience and and you provide them with the right experience. So. Uh, you know, I mean, you work with multidisciplinary uh, teams there as well. I think that's uh, as an architect. I mean, uh, you work with engineers, with plumbers, with cap with carpenters. Uh, you're not the only one delivering uh, a, a product or a building. Uh, it's a teamwork. Uh, it's it's a collaborative work, and that's the same with uh, as a UX designer. Uh, you work with developers, product managers, marketing people, and many more. So I think that's why, as I mentioned, I mean, there are many similarities. And and actually, I'm not the only one. I mean, jumping from 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 one one discipline to another one. I think we have quite many uh, coming from architecture and moving to design, and 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 this is great. I remember reading an article recently around application design and the transition from, I guess, uh, digital and web design into application and then systems design under it. And there was one phrase that comes to mind that, it, that really seems to underpin all the things you're talking about here. And there's common scaffolding, common frameworks. And, and I get the sense that whether you've, uh, from your early career, looking at, you know, whether it's aviation or, or, or uh, spatial design, whether it's, uh, you know, space stations or whether it's air traffic control, there are a number of key components that I, I, I seem to sense here where you, you've got a scaffolding of design across all of the architectural and design elements. One thing that really strikes me, though, is that you, you've, you're you no uh, stranger to, to five nines. Um, and I imagine that's a, a great pedigree to, to have to come to telco where, you know, you, you end up with five or even six nines where everything's got to be on all the time, high availability, calls get made, they've got to be answered. Uh, that's the same sort of challenge I imagine you're faced when you're thinking about whether it's you know elements inside the space shuttle, whether it's something to do with the space station, whether it's the big screens on on air traffic controllers or airplanes coming in and out. And they can't just wait for five minutes for a decision. When it comes to telco, is it fair to say that you know your background from design and your experience, the type of availability and the performance that you needed to meet and are needing to meet now in user experience and, and design? Um, is similar in that it's it's critical, it's time critical, it's it's um, you know mission critical, and all those same elements, and that you've been able to bring that pedigree now to those five nines we talk about, and and not just the placating happy users, but also the performance component of it. Yeah, I think it's 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 key there, and I think what it's key, and I think that's again, I mean, I'm, I can draw some parallel there uh, when we talk about this, uh, the design that we deliver for astronauts, for air traffic controllers, but also, I mean, in the telco, I mean, what we're doing now, I mean, which is very much business to business products. You know, uh, what is key to understand there is that uh, the, the the users are not necessarily, I mean, the choosers. Uh, and I think that's uh, that's that's very important. Uh, what I'm saying there is that uh, very often the ones that are purchasing our products 
are not the ones that are using them. I think that's the the same. I mean, for a, a space shuttle, that's the same for a traffic control displays. So and 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 you need to please. I mean, to please both of them, you need to understand them. You need to design experience to fit their daily lives. Um, and and what I would like to say there, uh, especially when we talk about the work that we're doing, I mean, today is that, and especially when we talk about UX, UX, it's it's much more than than uh, than UI. It's much more than designing pixel on the screen. Uh, and therefore, uh, what is, what's common to all the work and the type of work that I've performed so far, uh, uh, you need to collect customer or user intelligence through different ways. And uh, there are many different ways. Of course, you can understand that collecting information from astronauts is quite challenging because I think you need to meet astronauts uh, and you need to uh, to observe them. You need to um, to spend time in their environment. And actually, I mean, that's possible. I think uh, there are three planes in the world, one in the US, one in France, and one in, in, uh, in, in Russia that can perform uh, parabolic flights and during 20 seconds you are in microgravity and you can test your equipment in microgravity in similar conditions as uh, the cosmonauts are using the, the equipment when they are in space. So you could say that it's uh, it's quite challenging, but uh, we have the same challenge. We face the same challenge today. I mean, in telco, when we need to test our our products with, uh, with our customers, um, it's not as easy to test uh, products that are, that are targeting consumers than targeting customers. You know, I mean, you need to to spend time. You need uh, to 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 reach the ones that finally, by the end, will use our 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 products and and uh, and to collect this user intelligence. I mean, we have different ways uh, and techniques to uh, to get as much as possible information. So, I mean, we can collect this customer and user intelligence through analytic frameworks, surveys, but also interviews and observation. And later on, as soon as we start having a solution, I mean, of course, we collect more uh, data, more information, I mean, through user testings. Um, and, you know, I think that's what I would, I would like to say as well uh, when it comes to UX design. I mean, it's both an art and a science uh, and that's also I mean one of the reasons why uh, my team uh, in or in my team I have uh, different skills from from engineering from development uh, to art and, and psychology I think that's uh, I think you need to uh, to solve many complex problems I think basically I mean we we are uh, I mean, very much on 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 uh, simplicity, I would say. So uh, our job is 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 very much to identify problems, uh, needs, and expectations, and then opportunities before jumping into solutions. Our job is also, I mean, to remove frictions by understanding what what the users are feeling, what they want, what they do. I imagine so, uh, and, there's a bit of crystal yeah. ball gazing almost, isn't there? Because you've got to anticipate what the consumer wants uh, before they even know it. I remember reading an article a couple of decades ago. Uh, I forget which uh, American, I think it was the ABC in the USA, was interviewing Steve Jobs. And they were astounded because they said to him, you know, how do, how do you always know, um, you know to, what the customer wants? And how do you always anticipate what the customer wants? And he looked at him and said, well... The customer doesn't know what they want until we tell them. But I imagine in this case, particularly in your market where, you know, effectively the carriers and the operators are your clients, and, but at the same time, your clients' clients are in part your clients because you've got to make sure that both your operators and telco 
customers as Ericsson have got a consistent user experience and design elements and everything, you know, all the usability from one to the other flows. But similarly, the, the systems that you build must then have to have common everything from APIs to user experience end-to-end for that. And I think you mentioned before that one of the big challenges for you is to, to keep remembering that you're, you're really, you know, your customer base is B2B, whereas their customers are B2C. Um, where are some of the big opportunities or even challenges that you're facing with the transformation that you've seen with Ericsson going from, because I think it's fair to say that Ericsson's gone through a whole of business digital transformation from physical routers, switches and servers and, and, and switches and dials and flashing lights to virtual environments, cloud environments. Where are the big challenges you face in, in that space? And I guess what opportunities lead from that? I think, uh, of course, I mean, we're facing many challenges. I think one, as, as I was explaining, I think it's to collect more and more information. I think what you want to avoid by the end is to build something that won't be used. And, and of course, I think if you can collect as much data as possible from the start, uh, you 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 have uh, probably I mean you are probably in a better position to to succeed and and what we usually say is that I mean without this data you are just another person with opinions so uh, you know uh, and that's that's the key that's the foundation of what we are doing today uh, in this industry and in many other industries to deliver products that are useful that's in, that's very important that are usable but also I mean satisfying and. Very often, and again, I mean, I'm taking the examples of, of, of many industries and, and examples of, of my experience as well. I mean, there's no point to deliver uh, usable uh, products that are not useful. I think if you don't reach the target audience, if you design for the wrong persons, you won't sell. So what we need to do is to design the right products before designing the products right. I think this is key in our uh, discipline. And I right. think that's that uh, that's that's very uh, important. And of course, it's not enough. I mean, we need to design products uh, that will be enjoyable uh, for 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 our customers. It's not because they are B two B that they should be boring. So we have to create efficiency, of course. But at the same time, we need to create familiarity. That's also, I mean, an important piece of 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 the success. I think we 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 our products. I mean, they need, of course, I mean, intuitive and as intuitive as many consumer products. The ones that are using every day. I mean, the ones that you're using, like Skype, like Facebook, like whatever. I think you don't ask that much uh, when you use these uh, these applications. You do things. I mean, this is very much intuitive. I mean, there's uh, they uh, what we need to do there is to reduce. I mean, the frictions and uh, and between the applications, between the products and the users. And what we need also to do is to eliminate uh, ambiguity. And there's no no longer uh, what I would say there is that I mean, it's no longer makes sense to uh, I mean for b- business to business products to uh, to feel different from consumer products i think uh, they 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 should and they have to be uh, intuitive but also i mean they have to be good looking so we need to provide i mean our customers and their users with designs that help them to work better to work smarter and and of course i mean to work uh, faster that's 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 our goal. Yeah, I um I used to have a poster uh, from uh, is it uh, Edwards Deming uh, the uh, without data just another uh, opinion. 
because uh, one of the hats I wear is data scientist, and, and that's one of my favorite quotes that, you know, unless I can find the data in the business, then I'm just sort of going by gut feel, and I'm not about to make mm-hmm. uh, decisions unless I can get my hands on the data. We were talking earlier before we hit record, and one of the things that really struck me, I actually made a note of it, was you mentioned you've got something like 95 products across the entire business that you're effectively seeing from end to end, and uh, you have to worry about cost and cost efficiency and, uh, you know, responsiveness and uh, just that whole consistent uh, user interface experience. Um, how do we even approach that scale of challenge? I mean, when we when we think about everything from a smartphone app to a web page design and, you know, my internet banking app versus my internet banking web page, they're not even remotely the same. The user experience is chalk and cheese. And it's constantly a bugbear for me that I, I have to think, right-brained when I use the smartphone app and left-brained when I use the web app to do internet banking. How do you even approach the challenge of, of I guess, even having a conversation about 95-odd products from, from end to end? And, and I imagine it must be an iterative thing of incremental improvement, but at some point you must have a consistent user experience that you aim for. What are the key th- sort of thinking around that and how do you approach that challenge? Mm, indeed. I mean, this is this is an exciting, a, a very exciting challenge there. And I think, of course, I mean, what we want to do and what we're doing uh, very much is to uh, we, we, we provide, I mean, our customers with with consistent experience so that when they move from one of our application or one of our product to another one, they don't need to learn again and again how to operate with the product. I think this is key. Consistency is key in the experience. I mean, the end to end experience. So and, and what I would say there is that as as many other companies like, I mean, if you take Airbnb, if you take GitHub, if you take Salesforce or IBM, uh, we also use design systems. We have uh, actually, I mean, released a few months ago a new design system, which is a collection of, of visual assets, including color palette, including icons, fonts. Uh, interaction patterns, but also I mean data visualization, and it's of course I mean there you can find guidelines and 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 what is uh, actually I mean the most important is the code that goes together, and I mean basically uh, they are the common components designers and developers will use and reuse to build application on large and small screens and to make sure that we are designing consistent application. By the end, what you want to avoid is to define uh, to design hundred times a, a, a cancel or a, a, an OK button to read design 100 times a logging page. I think you need to find consistency there. There are tools that we um, we are providing to both our designers and our developers. And uh, and actually, I think that's uh, that's for the best there. And I think the feedback that we have, since it's a new design system that we're delivering, I mean, these days, the feedback that we get internally, but also externally, because I think it's uh, it's available for uh, the ones that are working with us as well. Uh, outside Ericsson, we got a, a lot of good feedback. So I think we uh, I think we are on something that is extremely good these these days. And that's what we call today uh, at our place. I mean, the Ericsson design system. Well, you did mention that earlier on, in fact, and that's another note I made. And, and you refer to to a number of your peer organisations at the scale of Ericsson, the Airbnbs and the IBMs of the world, and you referred to a design system. I'd, I'd love to get your insight into kind of, you know, what does that actually mean? What does it mean to, to establish and, and maintain and, and adhere to a design system? I think, you know, um, what's, what's important there is, uh, is to give our developers and designers opportunities uh, to design uh, the right application. But at the same time, I think we have, we have um, uh, a, um, 
uh, a visual identity at Ericsson and uh, we have guidelines there. I think we can't take them I in that many directions. I think we need to to follow uh, the same direction where we're designing applications. We need to make sure that they are by the end uh, usable. We need to make sure that they are consistent as well. I think the way you use them, the way you interact with our product is, is quite similar. I think you don't want to create uh, 200 times uh, different type of interaction, different type of, of, of uh, uh, different experiences. We don't want to have one experience, but we want to have rich and consistent experiences. And actually, I mean, that's what uh, all these companies, I mean, they're aiming for. I mean, Airbnb, I mean, GitHub, Salesforce or, or IBM, that's the same. And I guess as I, I remember, uh, you know, I follow you on Twitter and I saw the other day that uh, you posted a, a link to an article uh, from Volkswagen who were saying that they're looking to holistic user experience to stay on top, I think it was. And, and I guess, you know, a similar thing that you're challenged with, I mean, cars and automation, automotive have that where if you get into a car, you don't, you know, it's, it's the same steering wheel, the same brake pedal. It's a, a common component with the, the basic car bit. But what's changing is that user experience of the screen of the maps and navigation and audio. And, and I guess that comes back to that core piece of having a design system. One thing I'm really interested in getting your insight on, you are literally at the bleeding edge of some of these things. Uh, where do you see the big game-changing trends? I mean, you know, with, with what you're saying, there's, there's a whole bunch of amazing effort with your 25 superheroes and yourself leading the charge around consistent user experience, consistent design, the design system underpinning that. You've got an amazing pedigree to, to draw on from air traffic control systems at a real time. Uh, you work with the European Space Shuttle, uh, uh, the Hermes Space Station. Um, where are the big trends right now in the telco space where this is really having the biggest impact? I think if you take the... Um this, uh, I mean the my, I mean the the my designer glasses or I mean architect glasses. Uh, today, of course, I mean we can see more and more uh, new technologies around. Uh, this is super exciting. Uh, that that's that's for sure. But uh, what I would say there is that uh, uh, basically, uh, great experiences are today and will be the differentiator, not the technology. Of course, I mean, we'll keep on designing for technologies. We'll keep uh, designing uh, basically experiences for new technologies such as artificial intelligence, virtual or uh, augmented reality, and, and today as well, I mean, even for, for voice interfaces. But still, I think what's, what's super important there and what will make us uh, successful is to still uh, focus on our users, on our customer first. Nothing will change there. I think uh, we need to be human-centric, uh, not not technology-centric, even though again and again, I think there are so many exciting technologies around and, and more technologies coming. Where do you see the big challenges for you? I mean, you know, you, you're working with all the big telcos and you know, we could name them endlessly. I mean, whether it's BT or Verizon or Telstra or Optus in Australia and whatnot. Um, where are the big challenges they're facing? I mean, we, we saw the uh, Consumer Labs report recently just come out uh, when I was in uh, Nice at uh, TM Forum, uh, Digital Transformation World. Uh, Ericsson uh, uh, Digital Business Group announced the new Consumer Labs report on on the, the customer facing experience and how people were were interested in talking to everything from bots to web pages to to smart agents and there's a whole UX uh, experience there. But that's one thing for you to sell, solve it from a business to business perspective from you and the telcos and the operators. But from the operators' perspective, you know where do you see the big design challenges that they're facing and that you're helping them with? 
I think what what we can see, and that's the trend today. I mean, everyone is asking for better experiences. I mean, you always need more. And I, I think, as you were mentioning, the uh, the car industry. And I think you want you want better experiences. I mean, when you buy a car, when you use a car, uh, when you use the different interfaces in the car. And I can tell you that I've been testing a few cars, not necessarily all of them are, are user-friendly. I mean, today, uh, I think there is room for improvement. But what's clear, and I think that's clear for us and for our customers, is that they're always asking uh, for uh, more and more and better uh, user experiences. So um, uh, what I would say, and I think that's a fact today, and I think this is great uh, today, you know, today, there's no better time for us experienced designers. I think the demand today is, 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 is growing and the future looks, I mean, super bright. The need for user experience is continuing to grow. And uh, I don't see any any anything changing now. So uh, as I said, I think great user experience are will be I mean the differentiator. And uh, and of course uh, we will need, as I said, also I mean to design experience with new technologies. But um, uh, what what will be key there will be to deliver uh, good good design good design that are meeting our audience. So what I can see there, I mean, in terms of uh, changes, I mean, if we talk about changes, not talking about technology, but more, I mean, talking about design, is that I mean, as I said, I think it's a good time for us. I can see that. Um, what is changing today is the uh, is the high demand on on qualified uh, designers. So uh, there won't be enough designers in the future. It's actually already the case today, as everyone today wants to have their own designers, their own design teams. So there's a demand for more and more designers today. So uh, and we won't have many more designers available, uh, and especially I mean good designers. So I think what will be key there is to uh, to educate the non-designers. Uh, that's that's very, uh, very important. The non-designers will need to embrace design thinking to use the design methods that we professions are using. So uh, we'll need to open design to the ones that are not designers. And that's, I mean, how I see the future for us. I think there's a, a parallel I can draw on here from my own world and sort of <clears throat> a lot of what I do around data science, we're, we're looking at building systems now where we talk about the citizen data scientists. And, and I guess we saw that with things like spreadsheeting that you know, once upon a time, a person that would do the math and the, and, the, and the accounting around a piece of paper and columns and rows and cells for adding numbers up in columns and rows for spreadsheeting, it converted to an application, then end users could do spreadsheeting. And then we, you know, we got to the point where spreadsheets became applications and data science, we're now seeing the same thing that a lot of the applications and tools we're building, we want that dashboarding and the analytics tools to be drag and drop and simple. I now see the parallel to what you're talking about where the B2B piece is one thing, but then the B2C thing is another thing where, as you said, you know, if you get in any car, you don't really want to have to relearn how to drive a car. You don't want to relearn how to drive an audio system. You just want to get to your end destination. I imagine it's the same for whether it's a telco operator or whether it's a consumer of a mobile device, that, that common element's there. And I, I love the, the, the insight you just shared there where you know, with this growing and emerging market, the new demand, uh, it's an exciting time to go and do a university degree in design because there's going to be no shortage of jobs. One thing I'd love to do before we wrap up, um, I love doing this with my guests and I hope you don't mind, but I would love before we wrap up to hand you a, a virtual crystal ball and get you to gaze into it for me for a moment. 
I'm really keen to get a couple of insights from you as to, you know, uh, uh, without holding you to it and, 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 and nothing will say will impact the Ericsson share price, I'm sure. But if you were to gaze into a virtual crystal ball for a couple of seconds, you know, three to five years and beyond, uh, you know, what, what are the big shifts that we're seeing around the world? I mean, you are designing the user interface to all these systems. You're inside some of the, the, the laboratory space and the design and development labs that are making these big things happen at a global scale. Um, where are we in three to five years? And, and what does that look like from a design point of view? Yeah, I think I think we we can see already. I mean, a few a few trends, and I think what for me what it's pretty clear now is that I mean, you know, in the past, and again, we can get back to the, the to the car industry where I mean, as 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 a consumer, uh, as a buyer of a car, I mean, you want to take you want to buy the car that has the longest uh, feature list. So uh, that has been a trend. It's not anymore uh, the trend. Uh, and what I see in the future is that I mean we won't focus uh, more on on, uh, on 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 products, but uh, the focus will move from products to experience. So we don't need product designers. We need experience designers. I think that's that's something that that is pretty clear. I think. Uh, um, I mean, less uh, less is more in the in this case. So uh, basically, I mean, what you need uh, to deliver uh, and what we'll need to deliver in the future is simplicity and efficiency. So uh, uh, a long list of features won't make it anymore. That's that's my guess, and I yeah. think that's uh, that's more than a guess, because I think we can see this trend anyway. I think people are more looking at 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 experience than products as such. I think there's a a great parallel to draw from uh, writers. Where I remember reading something from Hemingway, where he commented in an interview that he said he he uh, he spends as much time as possible writing as little as possible because he he adhered to the you know more uh, less is more kind of concept. And we see a lot of things like you know comments around social media saying that done beats perfect. But I think you know based on what you're saying there, what we're really looking for now is that we want life to be simple. We want those interfaces to be similar, simple and consistent, so that we as consumers, whether it's B two B or B two C, don't have to think about three different platforms to learn. And you know, I, as I said, you know, whether it's my apps on my phone or the web pages, I'm constantly frustrated with the transition from one or the other because they just never gel and never make sense together. Um, Look, uh, Didier, thank you so much for some amazing insights into you personally, into your role and what you do. Um, been great to learn about your background and some of the amazing things you've done. And as I said, I think there's a whole book to be written there. And I would love to get you back on the show sometime to talk about those in more detail. Uh, and I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to uh, share some of those insights and certainly what's on the horizon with the trends. been an absolute pleasure talking to you. And uh, thank you so much for making time to catch up with me. Thank you very much, Dad. It was a pleasure for me too.